0: Podcast. I'm Norman Guadagno and we are brought to you by Carbonite, the data protection company for business. In each episode, we'll be talking with featured guests about ransomware and other serious threats to your business data. Usually, I'm joined by my colleague, Ellen O'Brien, but for this episode, Ellen is uh, at home resting up from an illness, so uh, we wish her a speedy recovery, and instead, I'm going to be uh, running this one by myself, so we'll do the best we can. Uh, unfortunately, however, we have two guests today, so the uh, things work out well. Uh, and we are uh, joined by Alan Liska and Tim Gallo, and they are co-authors of the book Ransomware, Defending Against Digital Extortion, uh, which is a great title. It has a ring to it. It feels like an episode of uh, uh, the FBI or something like that, CSI Ransomware. Uh, also, Alan and Tim are both industry veterans coming from cybersecurity companies, Recorded Future and Symantec. And uh, guys, glad to have you here.
1: There we are. All right. There's Alan
0: and Tim. Good. All right. So uh, make sure that our audience uh, knows who is who or who is whom here. Uh, let's, uh, let's have uh, Alan and Tim just introduce themselves, maybe with a teeny bit of your background uh, real quickly. Uh,
1: So my name's Alan Liska. I'm a solutions architect at Recorded Future. Uh, I'm an accidental security veteran. Started off in IT and uh, became a security expert when the data center that I was working in was attacked by Code Red and realized that we didn't really have the patch program in place. And from there, uh you know i kind of fell in love with it and i've always been good at breaking things anyway hmm. so it fits in very well with uh with with what i do
2: great and uh my name is tim gallo uh i i also kind of uh worked my way into security via it uh via it and networking um simply because it was uh, very engaging and something I really, uh, I really took to. Uh, understanding how things work and why they work the way they do became uh, sort of the, the premise behind how I ended up in, how I ended up there. Simply because just knowing how packets moved was not nearly enough, and knowing how bad guys wanted to manipulate them became more interesting.
0: Yep, for sure, and I, I like the fact that we. Both of you sort of stumbled into cybersecurity. I feel like I've stumbled into it myself, mostly because uh, I like informing people of how to protect themselves because the threats are pervasive and increasing all the time. Uh, so, so you guys decided to write a book. How did you stumble into that? What brought you to the uh, the book writing here, particularly about ransomware?
2: When Alan and I, we, we get together a lot and just talk about various topics, and, and this was one of the things that came up uh, in our conversations as, as something that we didn't see a lot of just uh, industry discussion on at the time. There was a lot of uh, people talking about ransomware initially as just another malware infection, and the economics of it are very different and so when we started to to think through the whole process it became a matter of you know there's a lot of these basics that people just didn't understand and weren't being weren't really being spoken about uh at the time that we started the we started the, the the book discussion and uh the topic itself became pretty relevant obviously over the last 18 to 24 months. And, you know, there have been white papers and things produced uh, about it, but there hadn't really been anything comprehensively written. And that's kind of where we started. As far as getting into the production process goes, Alan, uh, as, as an expert on that, can really detail how we moved further into that. I, I think uh, that became. That, you know that that became I fell on his areas of expertise into that into that portion of the process.
0: Okay, and, and uh, I'd sure. love to get um, back to that. Uh, but I, one of the things you said, I just wanted to make sure we. Uh, we, we don't lose track of here because you guys like to like to get together and talk about things uh, which I'm assuming people in this space love to do with similar people uh, actually how did you end up meeting did you work together at some point or you just know each other from the industry
1: yeah, so Tim and I worked together at uh, Symantec um, I was a, a sales engineer and he was one of the uh, product managers and you know having having both of us having been in the industry for a long time, we, we sort of had a natural draw to each other in terms of sharing ideas, ways that we can improve the product, ways that we can help better secure the customers. And, and even when I left Symantec, we continued those conversations um, because we kind of feed off of each other uh, uh, very well and we both have different you know backgrounds and different areas of expertise. So, you know, we, we're a good, we're good at bouncing ideas off of each other we make good sounding boards for each other. Oh, that's a really good idea. Or, yeah, that's good. And, but, but maybe if you add a disk component to it, it would be even better, et cetera. And, and, you know, I, I think for a lot of people in the security industry, uh, you really need that. You need that sounding board, uh, of, somebody else to talk to in another company that's not sitting next to you in an office or a cubicle every day, to really make sure you're vetting your ideas well. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great
0: point. And, uh, and in looking at the book and, and reading it and, and knowing your intent, uh, I, I felt like mm-hmm. you were definitely trying to move beyond simply talking about or defining what ransomware was and uh, moving into some of the the consequences and some of the things that are are falling out from what's happening with businesses about ransomware is that is that a good assessment?
2: Yeah, I mean, based upon what we were seeing, uh, you know, in in our you know respective companies as well as just you know talking with other other you know folks in the industry, uh, what they were seeing with their clients who were dealing with ransomware uh, infections and the effects. Uh, across the board, not just how it affected their business operations, but how it affected them from a compliance and legal pers- uh, legal perspective, uh, this became sort of an idea of well, what is you know what what are we really dealing with, mm-hmm. and and how do you think about this as as it is what it is uh, from a from a, from the perspective of uh, of the of the customer right, technologically speaking, what do they need to do to uh, to try to protect themselves, but also, uh, you know, social engineering and then how do they deal with that as well? Um, we really started to talk to other folks and, and, and get an idea what our customers and all of our mutual clients were dealing with. And that really sort of snapped us to, uh, to where we ended up
0: with the book. Yeah. For, sh- for
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, not just with ransomware, but mo- there's th- there's this, this I-, I-, I guess, Feeling in in some parts of the industry that uh, uh, being part of the business process is bad, that business and money handling is dirty and and, and so on, but security is part of the business process. If your security organization is not part of the business process of the rest of the organization, you're not doing your job right because you're not expressing your value in a way that makes sense to everybody else. And for us, that's an important component of it. Obviously, the security side, very important. The, the the process, the training side, all of that is very important. But you also have to understand the business component of, of ransomware and of fighting ransomware.
0: Yep. And and I actually love that point because you tap into something that uh, I, I also have been circling around and trying to really help people understand, which is that... It's not if you simply classify ransomware or any malware, but particularly ransomware nowadays, as simply a, a technology issue or a software thing, uh, you miss the point, right? It, it is a it, it is process, it is business, and and divorcing it from the reality of it's no different in some sense than if if someone were to pull an elaborate. You know, financial scheme to uh, steal money from your company that involved stockbrokers and banks and all sorts of things. It, it is a process that every part of the business is impacted by. And, and the larger point that you made, I think, is really salient that security is not simply just putting up a wall and then hoping the bad code doesn't get through, but it, it has to become part of the overall business processes and, and thinking about it through a strategic lens means you think about the fact that you have a technology component, but you have a business financial component, you have an education component, and you have to be prepared not just for repelling or defending against attacks, but from the fallout that may occur when an attack occurs.
2: That's exactly right. I mean, when you think about that, it, it's, it's a matter of uh, as, as a security practitioner, being technically skilled is, is one important component, but being able to communicate effectively to other portions of the business to understand the economics of the business that you are in, that you work for, helps you better understand the risks that you're willing to take with certain aspects of the data, right? So being able to communicate out to the, the data owners, the system owners, the, the line of business owners within your organization to, to fully comprehend what it is that, that your organization is doing, what is important to them, helps you better better spend your organization's money to defend that that information, right? right? Because you'll know what's important and what's not important and how best to deal with it. At the same time, understanding the economics of the attacker uh, helps you better understand where they're going and what they're attempting to do. And in the case of, of, uh, of ransomware and, and digital extortion in general, uh, knowing that they're typically out for fast money is, is a good way to understand uh, it gives you, you know, sort of the, that first kernel of understanding of how it is they're going to going to attack you, and they're going to look at you to determine what is most most important to your organization and use that use that against you, like any like any good extortionist.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that that also is is part of this reframing of the problem, which uh, I believe will ultimately help us make more businesses aware of the problem and the solution is the. Uh, what are these extortionists doing? What are their business models? You talk a little bit about that uh, in the book as well in in looking at the different types of uh, ransomware models and ransomware as a service and and the fact that it is a big business. It it may be a criminal business, but nonetheless, it's a business. And, uh, you know, how how are these models evolving and what are you seeing and uh, what are some of the trends that you think are going to have big implications going forward?
1: Yeah, I I think... It, it, it's very interesting when you talk about the, the um, ransomware as a business, especially one of the things that we've seen pretty consistently with the sort of the big players, and that's you know your server, your CryptXX, your Emoka, uh, uh, some of those developers. They work the same way, the, almost the same way that a uh, regular software shop does, in that. They have code sprints where, you know, every four to six weeks we see a new version of the ransomware. Um, They uh, are, you know, adding in new capabilities and new features and new ways of delivering the ransomware. They're improving their delivery methods. They're improving their marketing. So they're getting better at um, getting people to click on the links and avoiding anti-spam filtering. So the same kind of thought process that goes into running a software company also goes (laughs) Into running uh, ransomware, uh, you know the, the developers behind ransomware. So that's a really that that's a really interesting tre- trend, and it presents a challenge for the security industry, because on the one hand, I think overall the security industry in this case has done a really good job of sharing information. Hey, we're seeing this new technique. We're seeing this new capability. On the other hand, the bad guys are then saying, "Oh, they have caught this. Let's move on to the next thing that we have to avoid detection." Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, now we're seeing a lot of fileless ransomware, where you know the ransomware is entirely embedded in a single JavaScript attachment mm-hmm. or a PowerShell attachment, things like that, in order to avoid detection by Uh, you know your your traditional antivirus programs and 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 so on yep
0: for sure so so just to that point then and and you described it well uh, let me ask the the question do you think that business and do you think that the uh, the security industry is essentially outgunned here outmanned by the by the criminals
2: Outgunned out manned I would say is it, it maybe is a little bit of an overstatement. I think the situation that, that, that we're that's what in we do on podcasts. We situ- make
0: overstatements. Come on.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I think the <laughs> I think the situation that we're in in security really comes down to the fact that it it's a situation we've always been in, right? And it applies across the board. Uh in bad guys. Yeah develop new techniques, they they escalate, and then we find ways to defend against it, then they escalate again. There is some level of of arms race here. And at the end of the day, we as defenders, and this is a cliche, but we as defenders have to be right every time. We have to ensure that we've built in good protections and processes to be able to, to, to remediate when something bad happens, but we also have to try and be right every time. The, the downside to that is uh, the bad guys only have to be right once to be able to get in. Now, it's what you do after that that really becomes important because it, 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 understanding that the, the, the idea that, ostensibly, there is some, some layer of inevitability to, to an attack getting through simply because it is impossible for us to be perfect as much as we would like to say that we can be, uh, we have to have good processes in place to deal with the aftermath of something bad happening, that we've done all of the right things so that we're able to deal with it.
0: Yep, yeah, I think you, you clearly described that, right? They only have to be right once. So let's say, let's shift to, okay, disclosure. Uh, what's your thoughts on should companies disclose that they've been a victim of an t- attack. Uh, I know you've talked about that, and uh, it's a big issue and a big discussion right now. Uh, and sometimes hackers can threaten to expose. So, so t- let's talk about that. What's your point of view?
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm for transparency whenever it makes sense. Part of that is they may be required to. So, uh, as we point out in the book, um, you know, uh, Health and Human Services has issued guidance that uh, under HIPAA that uh, you have to disclose if you've been hit by a ransomware attack because, in their view, the you've lost control of that information. Even if nothing was actually exfilled out of the network, uh, so even if no data left the network, because you can't guarantee that you didn't have control over it, you you have to, re- that's now a reportable incident. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that other compliance standards are going to follow with that. I don't have any insight, you know, insider information to that. But I think that that's a really strong argument. And I think you're going to start seeing more and more of these compliance uh, 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 infrastructures require uh, reporting of of ransomware. Um more more broadly speaking do i need to take out a uh, a press release every time uh i'm hit with ransomware no no i i don't necessarily think that but i do think that there's value in disclosing that you were that that what happened you know sort of a write up of the incident within relative uh uh w- w- within relative uh organizations or relevant organizations excuse me uh, so for instance if you're a member of an ISAT mm-hmm. maybe sharing that information with the ISAP, hey we got hit with this here's where they came in etc so that you're sharing this this intelligence what now is intelligence here's how we got hit here's what we did uh, here's some things that were new in in what we saw because it helps make everybody more secure so that maybe the next organization doesn't get hit with that yeah
0: for sure uh, and, and I think that's that's good guidance. I, I also believe in transparency, but we all know that, you know, business is, business is complex, and trying to figure out the right thing to do can be a, a hard call for any company, and, and some are regulated, some have to do certain things, and uh, it, it I think we need to continue to evolve towards a model so that people really do understand what we are, uh, what are we required to do, uh, both from a business perspective, but also what are we... Uh, obligated to do sometimes from a, a moral or an ethical sense in terms of helping fight this problem.
2: Yeah, that, that I think is one of the key components, right, from a, from looking at it both from a legal perspective and from, a, from an ethical perspective. When you think about it from a legal perspective, right, yes, there are some very st- uh, you know, the, the requirements are pretty straightforward for things like HIPAA, but then each state uh, has their own date, uh, data breach notification laws. And mm-hmm. so understanding the, the various components of every state where you where you do business and whether or not that uh, that also affected your business if that was an effect, uh, you know, if if, ran- if there was a ransomware attack in that state. Knowing the state data, bre- uh, data breach or uh, breach notification laws is also important because oftentimes those laws were not written by people who understand the technology so they use kind of fuzzy language and that puts you into a, uh, a very, you know, testy position from a legal perspective there. Uh, but ethically, it, it makes sense to be able to inform your customers effectively that you have been breached and that you've taken the appropriate, not only notification, but the appropriate response processes with, internally to deal with that. Right. I think that's key simply because you're informing your customers, you're keeping them, uh, you're keeping them up to date. And if you've uh, appropriately applied the processes for remediation, then their, their risk goes down and that's good. Um, it's important to note that, you know, you, until you've done a full forensics investigation on a system, you don't necessarily know if it's just been ransomware or if there has been a road access Trojan installed or something else installed that has exfilled this data. Yeah, so you've absolutely. got to be very cautious with, with that as
0: well. Absolutely. And some of our own research has shown small businesses report that a large percentage of them have data exfiltrated. Uh, you know, after they've had a ransomware attack. So we know that this is going on. You, you have to do the full investigation. You have to figure out what's going on. I also love your point about uh, the fact that there are laws being made, and uh, uh, unfortunately, not necessarily by people who uh, understand the full extent from a, a technical perspective or a security perspective of what's going on, and that, that's unfortunate. And I'm hoping you guys are sending books. Copies of your book to your legislature uh, and your chosen representatives, because I might do the same thing. Uh, it's a uh, it's a valuable tool to help them understand uh, the complex world we live in today, 2017. Uh, what do you see on the uh, the horizon? You you're tapped into. Uh, what people are talking about, what's coming down the line? Do you see new trends? Do you see new threats? Do you see new uh, new opportunities to to help businesses and others protect themselves?
1: So I think
2: one of the interesting trends that that I've that that we've seen lately is is as as Alan had put it, right, taking the economics model from a ransomware perspective and moving it beyond just. Uh, uh just me trying to make money off of my code but a stent, uh, directly but also leveraging uh, you know of our partner model if you think about it from a vendor perspective right how can i license this code that i've written to other people that want that want to take on some of that risk and become, you know, my, you know, a vector for my ransomware it's for them to make their own money using, uh, you know, models where they're, you know, either paying for certain uh, certain aspects of the ransomware up front to leverage the botnets for delivery or even uh, using methods where they're uh, just ostensibly providing lists of email addresses at a licensure fee. Uh, think of it as a, as a finder's fee for for the ransomware itself. I think those are, are Changes in the way that the criminal organizations are, are leveraging uh, leveraging their research and development to monetize the code that they've written, and that is is you know also defers some of their risk, right? Because if they're no longer acting as necessarily the the collector of the the initial seed information, it removes a, li- a little bit of their risk. So they're going to look at that as a way to to increase their potential take and lower their risk. From a, from a financial uh, financial perspective, while still, uh, uh, you know, acting, you know, reinvesting that money into their R and D to become more effective at uh, at these criminal activities.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, which, you know, is, makes it even more frightening for us over the long term. Uh, are you guys working on a sequel?
1: Not not necessarily the ransomware, but uh, you know, so uh, Tim and I have actually uh work together on on a couple of things. So he was the technical editor on a book that I co-wrote uh about DNS and another he is also technical editor on a book that uh that I wrote solo about threat intelligence and I, I think we're we're in the early process of putting together kind of a new way to look at threat intelligence and, and how a um how how organizations can better take advantage of it. Uh, we're we're still kind of in the early stage of that. Um, but more immediately the uh, the big thing that we're working on over the summer is he and I are hosting a B site in Bordeaux. So it'll be the first B Site security conference ever held in France. Wow. And it'll be in Bordeaux at the end of October.
0: Uh, uh, I'll give you my address. You can send my invite over. I never want to pass up an opportunity to go to Bordeaux and uh, do some podcasting there. Uh, uh, I will be preparing for that because I have a vacation to Tuscany coming up in in May. So um, I'll be sampling lots of wine. Uh, But it also sounds like you guys have a lot going on. Uh, We're running uh, out of time here. We've covered a lot. Uh, Super fascinating. I highly recommend the book to our listeners, Ransomware Defending Against Digital Extortion by Alan Liska and Tim Gallo. Uh, Alan, Tim, thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you thank very you. much. We really appreciate your time, and we appreciate the great work that you guys are doing um, on this podcast. I know we're both regular listeners. We're excited to be on, but we appreciate all of the work that you are doing uh, and, and the Carbonite's doing for uh, citing ransomware.
0: Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, we're doing it for, because we know it's the right thing, just like you guys. And uh, we will continue to do so. That's a wrap for today. Normally, uh, my co-host Ellen would have something insightful to add. But uh, given that she's not here, I'm just going to wrap it up. Uh, thank our guests for joining us. And uh, hope everyone enjoyed this edition of the Fight Ransomware podcast. And remember, check out fightransomware.com and join the good fight.